happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by Cliff Kingsbury uh, with an Xbox headset on. Vintage, vintage Damian Anderson from his playing days also joins us on this spooky Monday we got a lot of scary shit to talk about, and I'm not <laughs> referring to demons and Frankenstein. I'm talking about the state of the Arizona Cardinals following their loss yesterday. And uh, old Cliff Kingsbury, what do you what do you have to say for yourself after another mismanaged game, Cliff? Uh, yeah, Johnny, I just think that was a heck of a football team, and uh, we just didn't execute as well as we'd like. Play calling, uh, we could have played better. Execution, I need to call better plays. I just think we could have been more on task, uh, but we just need to find a way to score more points. Phil, one more. I mean, Cliff, one more question. Do you, <laughs> uh, are you going to relinquish your play calling duties anytime soon? Um, that's going to be day to day. That's something that <laughs> we don't know about right now, but that's a day to day thing. Tremendous, tremendous stuff from Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury, uh, current Cardinal head coach, maybe future, uh, what, OC at Auburn? We'll see about that. But in all, uh, uh, you know, actuality here, welcome to the show. Happy Halloween. We're having fun on a Monday, a trade deadline Monday. The Cardinals have made a couple of more of moves at the ahead of the trade deadline. Will they make any more? That is what we're here to discuss with you all. We've got people in the comments. Thank you for choosing to spend your Halloween evening with us here at PHNX Cardinals. And let's get down to brass tacks. Cardinals haven't made any moves yet off of yesterday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings. The question we're proposing, should they make any moves? Should they be buyers? Should they potentially be sellers? Or should they stand pat? Bo Brock, I'm going to kick it to you. What the what should the Cardinals do after yesterday's disappointing loss? Should they buy, sell, or hold? I think that this team should stay relatively the same I think Steve Keim has given this team enough talent to contend and just a division that's in complete flux right now. I mean, as bad as the Arizona Cardinals have played, uh, this team is is still in a wide-open NFC West, and they have the talent on this roster. You know, I think that the offense, you should be encouraged despite the mistakes the last couple of weeks. It's played a yeah. lot better football with DeAndre Hopkins returning. Like Cliff said, just need to play better. Uh, but as far as giving up, you know, draft capital – as far as giving up maybe a two and a five, like we saw go to the Chicago Bears in exchange for Roquan Smith, I think that this team has tremendously underachieved and hasn't earned the right to go out there and be buyers at the at the trade deadline. Guys, we saw what a difference maker can do on defense yesterday firsthand with is it Kadarius Smith with you know multiple sacks? Zadarius, right? so, yes. Yes, Zadarius Smith with multiple sacks. The Arizona Cardinals need some type of injection of dominance at that defensive line or outside linebacker position. I mean, there's no way in hell looking what San Francisco just did, the balance that uh, Seattle's having, and you look at the Rams, just a talented football team as well. To be able to compete in your division, you need to be able to get to the quarterback. And if you can get a difference maker, I absolutely believe that the Cardinals should. They're always looking to put the best product on the football field and a chance to win the football games. 
I think they do need to make that if they can get a guy like Bradley Chubb. But to your point, Bo, I just want to add the caveat, carrot, piece here. They are talented offensively. I think that they could do some things. I think it's a, a bit of an injury bug right now, but I do like the talent that they overall have with the core. My issues aren't really with the players. It's more so of the play, play calling and the time management issues. Jason in the chat, speaking my language, stay on target, stay on target. <laughs> and uh, I would continue to add, if it was me personally, if you could get a piece that's under contract for next season and can be part of your nucleus, your core moving forward, and we've used this comparison a lot, if you can get a Leonard Williams-type-esque player that the New York Giants did from the New York Jets once upon a time, it's part of the regime now, you do that. You look past this season, Deron Payne, somebody that you can build around moving forward. As Damian mentioned, Bradley Chubb. I know those guys are do a bunch of money, but they're premium players in their mid-20s. What I don't want to see this Cardinal team do, I don't want to give up draft picks for somebody over the age of 30. They're not at the point where they can hedge their bet on a Von Miller-esque type of trade because there's no guarantee. We're hopeful, but there's no guarantee this team is going to see the playoffs or win a division title this year. So, you know, I'm of the mindset you buy if the right offer comes along. And there are, there are ways to improve this team, but I'm with Bo Brock, a.k.a. Cliff Kingsbury. They have underperformed this year. The the talent on this roster, and this is not me shilling for Steve Kime. I put out a tweet earlier today, gentlemen, basically saying that a lot of these young players for the Cardinals that, that were drafted by Steve Kime over the last couple of years are playing well. We'll talk about it. Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones played well yesterday. Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy's having a career year, as is Zach Allen. The draft picks are, are hitting. They're just not hitting as fast as the Cardinals need them to be. I think the Cardinal roster, and I know Michael Bidwell feels this way, is a playoff caliber roster. It is significantly more talented than the team that they're facing Sunday, the Seattle Seahawks, who has a, who have a two-game better record than them. They have a $45 million quarterback. That's why, to me, Bo, it comes down to, if you're Steve Kahn, if you're Michael Bidwell, why am I pouring more assets into a team that is already underachieving, that doesn't look prepared to play? Robbie Anderson is not playing. He barely logged any snaps yesterday. He was just acquired. Trayvon Mullen was just acquired. He's been here for six weeks. He's not playing. Am I missing something here? No, I mean, I think that that becomes part of the hurdles as far as acquiring talent and then getting them involved in the offensive or defensive side of the football. I mean, we're seeing rookies that are still playing really low snaps. And, and guys like Cameron Thomas, who are, are playing well in their limited opportunities, Majay Sanders, I think he can make a case for more playing time over some of these veterans who aren't, you know, getting to the quarterback uh, but, I mean, when we see the reports today, what Bradley Chubb would fetch as far as return, it, you know, they're talking Jets, they're talking Dolphins, and they're talking a first-round pick. You know, do you want to give that up? I, I know that we haven't seen much return as far as those first-round picks up you until – play to win the game, Coach. Herm, play easy, Herm. To, to win you play, the game. You play yeah. the unemployed. <laughs> Look, look, I mean, I, I agree with that. I would love to see them add somebody at the at the pass rush spot. But at this at this point, you know, guys can't even get on the field. Ticket. You're saying two it, it's a hot ticket. ticket. It's it's a hot ticket. But at the same token, like our advance is, is Cliff going to play the guys enough for them to make an impact. Do they trust them? Because trust is something that's that's talked to about each and every week with this coaching staff and why players aren't seeing the field. I mean. A guy like Greg Dortch, I know he made the uh, huge error yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals and special teams. But as far as being on the offensive playing field and getting snaps and what he's earned, and then to see his snaps reduced, even after finding the end zone on Thursday Night Football, it's head scratching. And I don't even know if you can really back it up 
with with the data that you have. So what are you going to tell a fan base if you go out and you spend a first-round pick on bringing in a pass rusher and we don't see him play for two weeks and then the Arizona Cardinals go one and one and they got another yep. you know smaller margin for error as far as trying to make a, a crowded NFC playoff picture? I, I'm 100% with Bo. I don't have the confidence. Outside of the Kenyon-Drake acquisition, I mean, I can't remember one. And I guess to a lesser extent, Zach Ertz, that was immediate plug and play. I mean, Marcus Golden had been a part of this franchise. That was a different scenario. But like rotational cornerback and Trayvon Mullen can't see the field. Robbie Anderson, who is desperately needed with size and speed on the outside, can't see the field. I mean, like the only move I think I would be confident in, Damian, is like rotational defensive tackle, edge rusher. Because you know you know, that that's a little bit more seamless. Go get after the quarterback, a little bit more plug and play. Outside of that, like I'm not trading for a center because my center is not going to be ready for multiple weeks to be able to handle the snap count. Rodney Hudson, it was reported today by Bo Brock, won't play this weekend. According to Cliff Kingsbury, he's turned into the ultimate vegetable. So it's ride or die with Billy Price. So, Damien, I'm with you. If if, The only way I'm making a deal, can I get an edge rusher? Can I get a pass rusher, you know, up front along the front seven? And guys, and to your to your points, we talk about familiarity, right? Bradley Chubb has familiarity with Vance Joseph back in, in Denver, right? In 2018, I think he had 12, 12 and a half sacks. I think the unique aspect with the Cliff Kingsbury offense, and we talk about bringing guys in, and then you mentioned Johnny Center or anywhere on the offense, right? The transition that's taken Robbie Anderson, um, the difficult transition that has taken Robbie Anderson to get on the football field. No one's really been in Cliff Kingsbury's offense in the NFL. Right. So everyone that comes in is experiencing a new type of verbiage, nomenclature, whatever you want to call it in terms of, you know, game planning. So there is going to be a learning curve there. But I think defensively, you know, given the, you know, the blood in the water, what we've seen, I think that everyone can identify that you need to be competitive, competitive, especially in your division and stopping the run, which was a big problem yesterday and how you match up against tight ends. But, you know, Kyler does need help. That is an issue with, uh, you know, with with Billy Price, we saw there. You know, yesterday after that turnover and that bad snap, that they had to you know settle for a field goal, which ended up being, you know, a problem for the Cardinals late in the game. Arizona animal in the chat, Billy. The price is wrong. Uh, <laughs> love that. That's so spot on. All right, so I think we're all in agreement. The Cardinals, if the right deal came along, maybe you pursue it. Let's do the flip side. J.J. Watt's a free agent to be. He may end his career after the season. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to retire. Just had, you know, welcomed a new member to his family last week. Had a monster game yesterday. Two sacks. He's still performing at a high level. He's got four and a half sacks to lead the Cardinals. What would it take for the Arizona Cardinals to entertain trading J.J. Watt? I, I don't think personally they would do it. I think it would be too much of a hit from a marketing standpoint. I think J.J. Watt does a lot for this franchise off the field. But Bo Barak, I'm going to flip it to you. If somebody called offering up picks for number 99, what would it take to get it done in your mind? Man, I, it, it's so tough because what he does transcends the playing field. And it, it would, does. When, when this team needs all the goodwill it, it could possibly get uh, surrounding, you know, from the fan base, if, if they sent J.J. Watt packing between now and tomorrow, I mean, uh, some people would understand it from acquiring a pick standpoint, but then you look at Steve Kimes draft resume. Picks, it can be. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just don't, I don't see a way that you could spend that to the fan base and, and, and them, and then also back up the extensions that you just gave out this off season 
at the same time. I just think that if the expectation is to is to win this season, to to contend in this crazy division that ha- nobody's kind of taken a grasp of, and to send JJ Watt like you couldn't you couldn't spoon feed that to anybody. You couldn't spend it any way. He's your leader in your sacks. He's he's one of the leaders, vocal guys in the in the locker room that says the right thing, does the right thing. I mean, as far as guys who are actually walking the walk and talking the talk. Uh, there, there aren't a, a bunch of guys who can who can combine all of that in, in the total package. JJ Watt right now is outside of the frustrations earlier with the calf injury and, st- and, and not being available, but he's been solid in his in this second season for the Arizona Cardinals. And I would say if the value is higher at, at that same level or above in terms of a player impact player. Why not? It's a business. I think that J.J. Watt would understand and, you know, do the best for he and his family. But for picks, I think that you're you're, you're taking the position that we're retooling for the future. And I think with all the all the trades and acquisitions that Steve Kahn and company has made, they're trying to win right now. You don't get Hollywood Brown and trade your, you know, your second round pick to get Hollywood Brown. You don't go out there and get Robbie Anderson when you're when you see Hollywood Brown go down if you're not trying to insert him into, you know, inject some life into your offense, right? Yeah. So I think that they're trying to win right now and they, they're in a good position because the NFC West isn't that good. So I, I say if there's value there, or maybe it's a, you know, it's a Deron Payne and a, a Chubb type player in addition to some picks. You know, that could be a possibility, but straight for picks, I, I don't know how that would go over with Cardinals fans or anybody associated with the organization. You would be signaling to your fan base that the season is over, and that is not the message that the Cardinals, Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell want to emulate. I mean, you do not have a plethora of quality defensive linemen. You have two, and you can't go and trade one. It's not like the position of outside linebacker where you're going to say, oh, I want to free up time for Cameron Thomas, Mizey Sanders. That's why they cut Devon Kennard. Like I, fans can understand that. We want to see the, the next generation of Cardinal defenders. Watt is the best player they have in their front seven right now. He's playing exceptionally well. He's gone under the radar as probably a borderline pro bowler this year. He's on pace for almost 10 sacks. He He's giving you what you needed from him when he signed that big, massive contract on top of all the leadership attributes that you knew you were going to get in the offseason. So I – no one's going, and then part of it is too, is no one's going to give you a first round pick for JJ Watt. We just saw Roquan Smith, even though he's off the ball linebacker, he's in his mid twenties, go for a second and a fifth. So to me, like, I think in a perfect scenario, if you were going to trade them and the team, let's say was one and six, let's say they were having a lions S type of season. I would need to like a, some kind of a quality day two pick, but I, I, it's not worth the message that you're sending to the fans, which is we're punting on the season. I, I love Michael Dogby. He's not J.J. Watt. He does not deserve, you know, playing time over Watt. So I, the Cardinals, are, in my opinion, <laughs> rightfully so, are going to ride this thing out uh, with Watt and company. I love that comment. My kid's going to run over here and tell me to calm the F down. Yeah, I, I love the also the in the chat. Jalen Blair, I think, makes a great point as far as JJ would have to be asked would ask have to ask to be moved, right? And, and that would be a, a sign that he doesn't think that they have enough to do this. And I think he's too proud to to say that. And it's not happening. He just had a, a, a new kid. Damon, I mean, you've lived the professional player life. I mean, it's not as simple as, you know, you get traded to another organization and you just show up for work the next day. There's a lot that goes right. into it. And I can't imagine that JJ Watt wants to do that. I'm sure he's pretty comfortable here in the desert. I mean, yeah, comfort is is key, guys, but you forget. They're not dealing like how we're dealing. They're, their logistics is 
hey, I got a guy that knows a guy. Everything's going to okay. get done. The owner's going to send a private jet. I'm going to be out there. Do I foresee it okay. happening? No, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a far stretch because, as Johnny said, it's signaling to the fan base that we're not trying to win right now. We're trying to prep for the future. That's not why he was brought here. That's not why you extend Kime and, and, and Cliff. That's not why you extend Kyler, right? That's not why you make the, the those offseason acquisitions that they've done. But I think that you have to be aggressive because you've identified through eight games what your team is. And I think that it's a team that, you know, the secondary is talented, but the defensive line has some big issues and their inability to get to the quarterback consistently and stop the run. And guys, Dalvin Cook was cooking, was cooking yesterday. <laughs> he was, he was cooking. He had a, he had a day, but I will say Johnny Bo that they did make some adjustments in the second half and were able to get the ball back. And I know we're going to get into that, but uh, what's that, Bo? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Run the. What'd you say? Run the play. Yeah. Hurry it up. I, I, I want a wide receiver screen here, Kyle. Oh, timeout. Oh. Timeout. <laughs> we need a time. We need a timeout right after a timeout when the play clock's expiring. We also need to did check say, the stats. Did you say timeout? Did you say yeah? Timeout. Timeout. Oh, timeout. Okay. Calm. Hey, hey, Bo. Calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down, <laughs> Bo. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to pull up some statistics here. This is from ESPN. Win pass rush rate. Look at this. The top rated defensive tackles. Pass rush wise, couple familiar names there. Zach Allen, first overall, he's the number one defensive tackle in the NFL, rushing the passer, followed quickly by JJ Watt at number three, only eclipsed by Jeffrey Simmons, who's a Pro Bowler. The Cardinals are getting what they need from two out of their seven front seven players. It's everybody else. It's the bookend pass rushers. It's the nose tackle without Rashad Lawrence. That is where this team is hurting. But Zach Allen, JJ Watt are the heart of your front seven and uh, trading Watt away, not a great message. And uh, I think it would also stunt the development of Zach Allen, who is ready for a big payday this offseason. You can bank on that. You can also bank on new customers on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Betting and making any $5 NBA Moneyline bet, getting $200 if your team wins. Hope you're making money on the Phoenix Suns, not the Cardinals, but the Suns. You can do that on DraftKings. You can also boost your winnings 100%. DraftKings step up same game parlays. Do it tonight. Have some success on Monday Night Football. Tell us about it in the comments. PHNX Bets Daily Live every day at noon. Myself, Shane Diefenbach. It is simple, friends. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Yeah, we got to give some credit where it's due. I mean, like Cliff Kingsbury does every press conference, uh, we got to give the other team credit. We got to give Four Peaks all the credit. They're hosting our all US and Mexico World Cup matches at the H Free Pub, the original OG location. Enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more. Check out the link in the show notes. Register for free. We're going to up our execution. Our play calling is going to be a lot better because we got some Four Peaks World Cup match watch parties. You got to be 21 years or older. You got to enjoy it responsibly, Johnny. So we love our friends at Pro Football Focus. We love analytics here. They don't tell the whole story, but, you know, if you want some context, they do some great work. And this is a segment we do every week. Notable PFF grades, some good, some not so good. And uh, there are a couple numbers that I wanted to showcase, gentlemen. We talk about this young core for the Cardinals being kind of the, the saving grace here. You should feel pretty good about some of the names and the grades you see on here. First and foremost, the highest-graded Cardinal yesterday wasn't DeAndre Hopkins, who did kick ass at an 84. It was Isaiah Simmons, 87.7, which includes a pass rush win rate of 96%. 
He is playing right now, gentlemen, number nine at a Pro Bowl level linebacker. The strip sack last week, the interception for a touchdown the week before. Finally, we're seeing this kid out of Clemson Bowl. Freight train from hell is Isaiah Simmons. He is on Halloween, a defense's worst nightmare. Offense's worst nightmare. Excuse I mean, me, offense's worst nightmare. He was he was the worst nightmare for the Cardinals for the longest time, being the eighth overall pick and waiting for him to pop. And he's he's arrived. And he says he told us today he spoke to the media and he says that he's just getting started. That's got to excite you. He's uh, the last two weeks he hasn't been content with the Cardinals' defensive performance, and you shouldn't be. I mean, sure he made some game changing plays, but he doesn't feel like hey, you know. He, he's going to just sit on his personal statistics as a win for the team. So they're one and one. They can definitely play better, and he's playing at, at a very high level. And it's exciting to think about what he could bring to the table with even more snaps. He still isn't playing 100% of the snaps for the Arizona Cardinals. You got to think, what the hell's taking him off the field? But you saw the pass rush. You saw him. You know, he even said that his, his full intention was not to sack Kirk Cousins, it was to get that ball out and create a game changing turnover. And he did that. It's Damien. I mean, you could speak to this. There's some freaks out there, but guys who have the intention of doing something on the NFL playing field and then just doing it. I mean, it's, it's unreal what he's capable of doing when, when he's given the opportunity. Yeah, he's a freak. I mean, he's, he's what we talk about, Bo, that difference maker, that guy that really is a matchup problem wherever he lines up. I think that, you know, his only issue that we've seen is when he matches up with very athletic, whether it be slot receivers or tight ends. However, is when he could play. Which he just, shouldn't be asked you know, to do. Be, Fair enough, but when you run a 4-3 and you're touted and you're drafted that early, they're going to give you a lot of responsibilities, right? And I think that it's the coach, Vance Joseph, feeling him out in terms of what his capabilities and what he's comfortable with and where can we get him on the field guys i think that's most important when we see him when we see him, when we saw him last week get that interception for a touchdown he was just spying it wasn't like he was guarding a person he was like in a zone type situation or being aggressive you know rushing the passer and was able to to have the the wherewithal the intelligence to as both said i'm not going for the sack i'm trying to get this ball back which he did so when you have a player that's a difference maker and you see that those stats collectively reflecting them that playing well, I think that was understandable. What's the problem is what should be glaring if we could get that stab back up. It's, you know, lucky foe to, you know, being at, you know, roughly under, you know, 30%. I mean, that yeah. just demonstrates that you're getting, you, you know, demolished, you know, I mean, every play to me, it, I, get, I don't he's know. Getting, and I he's know getting that, washed. He's getting, he's getting yeah, washed and, every and play. I, if you watch the tape. It's a difficult, and I know it's a difficult job, Johnny Bo, to play play defensive line in the National Football League. But, you know, you get checks too. There's a sense of pride there. And I know that, you know, these guys are trying to do the job, but it just seems, you know, too easy at times for the opposition to to be able to run the ball and do whatever they want because it looked like that that first half. Yeah, if you're just joining us, we're joined by Multiverse Cliff Kingsbury here <laughs> uh, going over some PFF grades. Uh, Producer Leah, can we see that graphic one more time? I want to point out something else here. Again, foe to... Uh, Barf-worthy grade, 29.8. Lecky's a backup. He blocked a, a, a kick yesterday, a field goal, which was great. He's not a starting player in the NFL right now. You know who you know who is a starting player that needs to get time eventually is Josh Jones. 70.4, but his grade against blocking edge rushers in pass protection, 86. He's not a great run uh, grader yet. He's not a road grader. That'll come in time, but he is unequivocally unequivocally a starting high-end tackle in this league today, Cardinal fans should feel great. I know there's a lot that you shouldn't feel great about this morning. We get that. 
you've got he and DJ Humphreys locked in for next year and the year after. I would feel great about Josh Jones with this team, what he brings to the table, his athleticism, his ability to stay healthy. I can't wait, Bo, for the former Houston product to take the reins for Kelvin Beecham next year. Yeah, it should be excited about that, uh, you know, going into his fourth and final year of his rookie deal next year. Maybe they'll even get him at a, at a, a hopefully the Steve Kime gets him on a nice extension beforehand. So we're not looking at where what we're doing with Byron Murphy, who's playing so yeah. well, and, and Zach Allen, who are playing so well. They're just making more and more money each and every week. Uh, but yeah, that was that was solid. And, you know, I, you know, Brian, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could execute a little bit better on those grades. But, uh, you know, we were just going to get back to practice on Wednesday and and, and try to get better each and every day. Um, I, I think that, you know, as, as far as Lackey goes, maybe that's where you try to upgrade. Just just try to find an NFL caliber defensive tackle between now and one o'clock Arizona tomorrow, Arizona time tomorrow. You, you, you spend like. You don't have a fifth-round pick. Do you spend a fourth-round pick on that? I don't know what the rules are as far as the Trayvon Mullen deal where it could be a sixth or seventh What if either one of those is available. Uh, so, you know, if you can if you can find a day-two pick or a day-three pick that you could send to a team that's out of it, you know, maybe a Colts or, or some or some team that's just – they know that they're not playing for this year, could you find an NFL-caliber tackle, at you know, nose tackle? That would be huge for this team. I agree with that. It's needed. Uh, I, Guys, it's needed. Yeah. No question. You're not you going to get know. better by standing pat, and you're waiting on Rashard Lawrence to come back. Um, I think they probably feel like there are some defensive linemen that would help them now, and I think that the advance of all the positions, defensive line is the most interchangeable. You could just get somebody to come in, play 30 40% of the snaps, help out on early rundowns where it's obvious and you can get run stuffing defensive linemen fairly cheap. So if they, I think we're all on the same page, if they're going to make a move, gentlemen, it needs to be for a defensive lineman. I just, I think they've priced them out themselves out of the edge rusher market. I think that's going to be too competitive. I think Bradley Chubb, Jerry Hughes, some of these guys are just going to be, they're going to be in the market for the teams. Let's be honest that are in playoff position now that the Cardinals were in last year when they got Zach Ertz because they felt like that was the missing piece. Like, you know, the Vikings, the Eagles, there's a reason those teams are going after, you know, the Robert Quims of the world. I think the Cardinals, just another under-the-radar defensive lineman, I think would be uh, a big help to them. You know, it's been a big help for me, helping me stay hydrated, gentlemen. Liquid death. We were watching the game yesterday. I was perspirating left and right. I had to grab a liquid death. And, boy, did that kick my thirst's ass. And you may... You'll start noticing there are some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. You know, we've seen little kids drinking them, pregnant drink, women drinking them. No, 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 that's not true. It's not beer. It's actually called Liquid Death. It's mountain spring water from the Alps. It's fantastic. Why do they call it Liquid Death? Well, friends, it's because it's going to brutally murder your thirst, and they're infinitely recyclable. Tall boy cans can help bring death to plastic bottles everywhere. You can also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic production. Again, we chug them on the reg. They're fantastic. Regular water, sparkling water, whatever you need. Get free shipping on all water and merch at liquiddeath.com slash phnx. That's liquiddeath.com slash phnx. Or find Liquid Death at your local tars, fr- Target Fry Sprouts, uh, wherever you get your beverages. Yeah, you know what, guys? Uh, some penalties and some bad ter- furniture choices really got us off schedule 
And uh, we're going to get back on schedule. We're going to spruce up our home with More Furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com. You can receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. That's That's got a lot of juice, as Cliff Kingsbury says. You'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. Go to morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R, furniture.com. Yeah, and great point by the icon 20634 in the chat. Bad thing is the Commanders, even at last place, they're 500. These fans in the DMV believe, and now pet and pain and, and sweat are probably off the market. And we speculated this icon before the weekend. There are too many teams hanging around, hanging around 500. There are only very few teams that believe they're truly out of it. You could talk about Houston. Certainly the Bears are going in a different direction, even though they have the same record as the Cardinals. So I I, I get that a lot of people are hopeful of, of a robust trade deadline, Bo. But to me, it's like uh, there's, there's too much parity right now. And if you're an owner and you're a general manager, you don't want to give, you know, a, a negative connotation with your franchise that you're ending your season early. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, what Taylor Heineke has been able to do and infuse into the, to that commander's offense and that now they've won back-to-back games and this team believes. And, you know, I think any team that has a couple, a handful of wins in the NFC is still in it. And the Arizona Cardinals are one of those teams. It's, it's you know, I thought about this today. It's like one of these teams that is around three wins, four wins right now, probably is going to make some noise in the postseason. Now, I'm not saying that this team here in the desert is going to do that. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm not trying to, like, blow smoke up for you. But, I mean, realistically, you got to think that one of, one of these struggling NFC teams is going to string together a couple good games in the wild card round, the divisional round, is going to be playing for the conference championship and can find their way to the Super Bowl. We've seen it happen before. It's just this conference is in such disarray that, uh, you know, Teams don't know if they're buyers, if they're sellers. They have they they know they've played some good games. They know they played some shitty games, but they know that also they can't feed their fan base uh, trading away talent when they're technically in the in the thick of a playoff race. You got to look at the bottom bottom rung in the NFL. You got to look at the Texans. You got to look at the Bears. You got to look at these teams that are already starting to trade off parts, like Chicago's done with two of their front seven members. Quinn and, and Roquan Smith, and then maybe a guy like Jerry Hughes from from Houston. I got to imagine he's going to be dealt between now and tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you see if you could, if you can, you just don't want to miss out to the Rams and the 49ers. That would be an epic failure in Steve Kime for Steve Kime if, if that well, were to happen. And the, and the Rams are shopping. The Rams are trying to get pass rushers, receivers, running backs. You know, the Rams at uh, what is it? What are they? Three and five, three and four, or yeah. They're right by the Cardinals by half a game. They're buying. They're trying to win now, Damian. And what kind of a message does it send to the Cardinals fan base if you're Steve Kime and you watch the, you know, San Francisco get Christian McCaffrey, who San Francisco had the same record as you yesterday. You haven't played the Niners yet. And if the Rams go out and they make a move, you know, the Seahawks are rebuilding. They've got a better record than you. Do you think Steve Kime feels a sense of urgency to say, shit, we're in last place. Like, I got to do something. Damon, can you Absolutely, hear us, bud? John. I mean, that's the pressure yeah. of the NFL. I mean, you you play for wins. I mean, that's your job. That's what enabled, enabled him to get that extension as well as Cliff. 
But I think to go back to your original question about the Rams, I mean, you know, what does he think? I mean, he, he they've demonstrated to the whole NFL that that system works. Hey, we're one or two pieces away from getting guys. And we, I know that we've talked about this at length, but, you know, Von Miller last year, we see with the Buffalo Bills and the impact that he has in getting one of those cornerstone defensive tackles or defensive, you know, end type outside linebacker type players and the impact that they could have on your football team. So if, if they're trying to, to win football games this year and not trying to, you know, divide the fan base and, and keep them together, but, to you guys' point, it's contextual in every situation, right? Like you got to look at the team, you got to look at where their 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 record is because no one wants to part with you know when when things are good, right? You, the high probability of going to, of parting with somebody when you know you're taking an L, and I think that you have to look at those teams that you guys mentioned, like Houston as well as Chicago. But I think that it's probably best in this situation right now, Johnny, to be aggressive, right? Considering you know, the type of environment that it's in, that it is so close and that you do need to make, you know, changes because those issues that we talked about in terms of personnel, those aren't going away and they need to be improved for this team to be competitive in the long run. Well, you know, Steve Kime is under a microscope for a lot of different reasons these days. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say Patrick Peterson is making his voice heard right now going after the uh, infamous general manager, uh, Patrick Peterson may or may not be trending up just because by default, he's on the Minnesota Vikings, a good team who else is trending up. Let's look at the Arizona Cardinals, the big three for this week. We just talked about it. it's JJ Watt, two sacks, the birth of his daughter last week, uh, model citizen. We love JJ Watt here in the desert and he's backing up his play on the field. It was around this time last year, knock on wood, gentlemen, that JJ Watt went out basically for the rest of the regular season. It's great to see him. No injury concerns, has not missed, um, I don't think, any time this year uh, after missing part of training camp. You love have 99 in the fold. How about Rondell Moore? You know, we get on Rondell Moore. I get on Rondell Moore on this show frequently, uh, mostly because of his usage, Bo. But to see him used, especially in the second half, ever so slightly vertically, and you're allowing Rondell Moore down the field in space, you can see where those kind of poor man Steve Smith's comps come from. He is physical. He breaks tackles. Yeah. You would love to see more of that moving forward. That's Patrick Peterson. Yeah. That's Patrick Peterson. That's, that's right. <laughs> once uh, Rondell Moore, once Cliff unlocked that uh, unused side of his play call sheet and, and started doing some vertical throws to <laughs> Rondell Moore, my God, you got to kind of see that second rounder, why they, why they loved him coming out of Purdue. Yeah, breaking the three tackles, right, guys? Once he got to this part of the play sheet that we've, rarely ever seen except against the Vikings I mean he had over 100 total yards from scrimmage he had over 90 yards receiving and he had 12 yards on the ground and he had the touchdown which was just electric you love to see it yeah we've been tough on him you know could he could he get on the playing field he was poised for a big year and then the hamstring kind of held him back but he's starting to find the rapport with his quarterback I talked to Cliff about that today he said that was important and then also talked to Rondell Moore and I think you know not only is Kyler and him his rapport is growing but also DeAndre Hopkins is giving him opportunities downfield just by being out there on the field, kind of serving as a decoy, just making plays and taking, you know, the command of the opposing defense. Guys, and I guess uh, they knew more than we did. <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, I mean, Ron, I've seen Rondell Moore um, for some time now, right? When back when, you know, my son was at Northwestern and saw him at, at Purdue and I was just waiting for it to happen. I mean, I will say that, that there is a transition, right? A big transition from college to pro, 
So I, I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, the jury was still out, but there were times that we see him get in space and he runs hard and he breaks tackle NFL tackles and he makes, you know, Patrick Peterson look pedestrian and he's holding on to a string of t-shirt for 12, you know, 12 yards. Right. So when we see him do those athletic things, it's, it's almost very similar to Isaiah Simmons, right? I know that Isaiah Simmons is a first round, you know, draft pick with Rondell Moore being a second round draft pick. There's a high expectation that he's going to be a, a difference maker. So when he gets a ball in space and he makes those plays and he has nearly, you know, a hundred yards receiving or over a hundred yards combined, it's almost what you expect to happen. And the Cardinals are going to need that. I think the only thing missing yesterday was that run game, but to see Rondell Moore flash like he did, it, you know, it bodes well for the Cardinals given that we're only, you know, eight games into the season. Damon, you mentioned the run game. It is trending down this week for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, among other things, look at that right there. Run game did not look good. I did not think, you know, Benjamin hit the hole up and in as well as he could have. He and Darrell Williams tried to bounce too many things on the outside. But what plagued them yesterday, poor interior offensive line play. Billy Price looked like bus Billy Price out of Ohio State. Was not good yesterday. Surrendered two to three sacks, and again, he Billy was put in a position where hopefully he would never have to start. He's thrust into the lineup now. Rodney Hudson, presumably out this week. Who knows when he'll return? Billy Price may play the majority of the snaps at center the rest of the season. He did not look good. Lucky Fotu did not look good. This is troubling for a couple different fronts, guys, because you know the turnovers did not help this team. But they got their ass kicked on both lines of scrimmage yesterday. It was not good. They got rushed for over 160 yards on by Minnesota. And then on the flip side, you mentioned it, DA, Zadarius Smith. They ate up Kyler Murray and company, especially when they were able to pin their ears back in the fourth quarter. So it's disappointing that the Cardinals tried to fortify their line of scrimmage with Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh, and they're gone. And then on the flip side, you know, Lecky Fotu's not getting it done. I love Watt and Zach Allen. But they can only do so much, Bo. It's like, where do the Cardinals go from here? Is it salvageable with their line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball? Uh, we need to play better. We need to execute better. We need to call better plays as far as the uh, the run game goes. No, I mean, as far as that, that's tough. I mean, it, it's a, they were Jekyll and Hyde all last year. It seemed, feel like, felt like, you know, they beat the ass of, of Seattle and San Francisco. They won the line of scrimmage. They won in Los Angeles against the Rams. They were the more physical team. But, you know, and I know our guy Howard Balzer is going to come out with an article soon about the offensive line play and how many different combinations that the Arizona Cardinals have had to use, especially over the last five weeks. I mean, when you have to call back, you have to bring out a retirement, Justin Pugh. You have to bring out a retirement, Rodney Hudson. Like, the continuity is fine, right? It's good to have leaders and guys who have, have experience. But at the same time, it was pretty much inevitable that those guys were going to miss time. And now, you know, not to really have a, a, a good – fallback plan or contingency plan on the offensive line it's to take you know Sean Harlow was a failure you had to go out and get a free uh, a free agent off the streets in Billy Price and then you had to pull off the trade for Cody Ford uh you know those are two guys that made their second starts in a row and it's just and then you had Josh Jones making his first start I mean you essentially had three-fifths of your offensive line that were brand new to this team for the most part uh, against a, a ferocious pass rush attack and you have to give credit where credit's due. That's another Cliff Kingsbury phrase there. So if you're playing Cliff Bingo, you might have just gotten it. Uh, as far as, you know, utilizing a guy like Zadarius Smith, you would have thought he was going to be coming off the edge, guys, and he was going up the gut and just absolutely exposing Billy Price. You got to imagine that that's going to be something that's going to happen starting against Seattle this week and then continuing until those guys stop it. 
And guys, the reason why it's concerning to me because it's where the play starts at, right? Like, I mean, at the every the beginning of every offensive play, right? It's a center, it's a center quarterback exchange, and on the defensive line, that's where everything starts. So, if you don't have that confidence that your offensive line or your defensive line position, I mean, isn't that going to be? That's where everything. That's where the game is played at the line of scrimmage. So you can't protect your quarterback and or you can't protect your secondary. Good thing that they're so talented and they're, they've been making plays and making up for some of those errors, but you need to get better at those positions. But guys, despite all that, without being Debbie Downer, the inability to run the ball, you know, the pen, the multiple penalties that they had and three turnovers, the team was one score away from winning this football game. So despite, yeah. and they played a really, and that's what people don't, want to give you know respect to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean the Minnesota Vikings. What are they six and one right now? They've lost, you know, yeah. one game. And I mean it's hard to win in the National Football League. So to play on the road, you know, turn the ball over three times, not run the ball, and still have a chance to win, those are the good thing. You know, that's like the optimism in me. Where but I also know that hey, you got to get better at protecting the quarterback. You got to be able to run the ball and you got to be able to stop the run, right? Those Turnover that, that, that was really uncharacteristic of the Cardinals of what we've seen yesterday. They haven't been turning over the football. They haven't been getting penalties. And, you know, one issue that has been constant is calling unnecessary timeouts. Cliff, so what's, the, you know, was that discussed today in your presser? You know, just not being able to get the play called in, you know, to, to Kyler or not? Was that, is that going to be improved from week to week, day to day? Yeah, they, basically what Cliff Kingsbury said about that, and it was discussed, a couple different questions were sent his way about that, and he filled them, and he said that they basically have to get back to the basics. Uh, you know, they, they're trying to huddle up at times just to be able to get the play call in. That really, truly seems, DA, to be a huge issue for this Arizona Cardinals That's fan, scary. Team. That's scary it is. to hear. It is. Yeah, it was. And, and to hear yes, that type of is. transparency. It is. Yeah. You hear that type of transparency means that they're probably, you know, out of, you know, any type of solutions and they're just searching and seeking it out. You know, we heard from Rondell Moore about that. We heard from Cliff Kingsbury himself that they are really searching for it as far as how to get the play call in, get it in time, and they're not burning timeouts. What's interesting is they've only been penalized once this entire season for delay a game, and that was the one in overtime. Or I'm sorry, on the two-point conversion uh, that they ended up successfully – they yeah, they did. Yeah, they called timeouts, and and you you would have thought that they might have been in a way better position at the end of that game, seeking you know trying to one score away. I know it's eight points, and you still got to get the two pointer, but it would have been nice to have at least one or two of those extra timeouts in your back pocket. And they didn't because this is a team that continues to have issues getting the play call in, getting it to, you know talked to or you know given to the the players in that huddle. And then getting that that ball snapped in time, and and that's that's something they need to figure out, and that's something that, you know, Cliff says it starts on Wednesday with getting back to the basics. This team that just shows you they they're missing key players. Yes, it's not a talent issue. The Cardinals, I believe, are as talented as the Vikings, and more so in specific areas. I would take Kyler Murray every day of the week over Kirk Cousins. This team is not buttoned up. They are not buttoned up to play every Sunday, Monday, Thursday. They look out of sorts. They look dejected. No, I will not call a timeout, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going in on you right now, multiverse Cliff Kingsbury. They need to figure out a way to be more prepared, whether it's more time spent on that kind of thing, as, as Bo Brock mentions. They're, but again, we're in week nine of his fourth year, and they don't look prepared or organized. I don't know yeah. what they can do to, to fix that at this point, DA, I'm not in an NFL locker room, nor have I, have I ever been a part of an NFL team, but I just, that to me, it's like, 
you you are not you are not close in my mind if you're talking about going back to basics. If it's a tweak here, a tweak there, subbing in somebody else. But I watch this team as does everybody else. Every week, they look unprepared to start games. They fall behind quickly. Much of that is on the offense, which is what Cliff Kingsbury's baby is. So you've got 12 to 15 scripted plays every week. And the best Kyler Murray looks is when he's off script, when he's doing his own thing, second, third, fourth quarter. So I just, that is why this team through eight games has not scored an offensive touchdown to begin a game. They're the only team in the NFL, DA, that has not scored a touchdown in the first quarter. John, it's about being locked in, and these problems will persist unless it gets corrected. Yes. What I don't like, I mean, you have you have you have you know media people you know relating you know throughout the game that you know hey they had to call a timeout there because one player wasn't ready and didn't know the personnel to go into the football game. So to me, like that is just mind blowing that you cannot know just the situational awareness to be prepared when your personnel group is called up or when you're going to be in the football game. And as I said, you know, the word, you know, what the youngers, the youngins are using is is locked in. This whole team needs to be locked in. I know that there's a lot of, you know, distractions out there, but the bottom line is the bottom line. The bottom line is about football games and protecting, you know, your, uh, I'd say your career, right? You know, sustainability in the National Football League. And that's coming prepared and being able to execute. And when you're not prepared, you can't execute because you don't know what's going on. And I think that's what we've seen on a consistent basis. We got some dogs, right? You got D hop. It doesn't matter. He's, you know, seven 11, he's always open. But when Kyler's not on the same page with cliff, we've seen us unnecessary timeouts happen. We've seen it impact the game where, what was it? 152 left in the game. They had the ball and no timeouts. I mean, how can yeah. that, how can that happen where we've seen, you know, you go, Johnny, as you mentioned, you play Seattle. You're right. Athletically talented across the board. Where does Seattle win at? Experience Line of scrimmage. in coaching. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah. Well, there you go. Line, you know, yeah. line, line of scrimmage and, and possibly their running back. But it comes down to to coaching, knowing those situations, you know, knowing when to, to you know, feel, feel, having a feel for the game, not being solely based on analytics. And I'm not saying that's, what Cliff is doing, Cliff and company is doing, but it just seems at times that this team is, and I don't want to call it undisciplined, but it's just, they're not on the same page in terms of the rhythm of the game. And I think that that's been a hindrance of this offense because to, you know, to, we all know, we watch this, you know, this team intimately that they have talent. Talent is not the question. You have one of the most talented quarterbacks. You have a dog and wide receiver and you have a young, you know, stud in Rondell Moore and waiting for, you know, uh, Hollywood Brown to return and who knows with Robbie Anderson. So they have talent. It's just a matter of, can they all get on the same page and make it happen consistently? It's been this, it's been the same guy. It's been the same guy that's been relaying the play calling for the last four years now. And it continues to be an issue where, you know, on the defensive side of the football, they went through that green dot all through training camp. I mean, it was at one point Jalen Thompson, and it was, you know, next it was Isaiah Simmons who got that removed after a, just a horrible week one. And now that's not, green dot belongs to Zayvon Collins. And there don't seem to be too many, you know, communication issues with the, the play getting called in and the defense having to, you know, get their, get their guys ready and in position. They did call the, a, a timeout on defense, I think, late in the first half yesterday, but you don't see it nearly as much, not nearly as much. You know, I'd say two thirds of those timeouts, you know, on average are, are, you know, being used on the on the offense, not being prepared and that clock ticking down and them, you know, staring down a, a potential 
you know, delay of game penalty. And then, you know, to come out of a timeout in a crucial situation, in a red zone situation yesterday on third down and have your center, you know, snap the ball into the chest of your your quarterback who wasn't ready for the snap, that's inexcusable. Yeah, it's inexcusable. It's also inexcusable to not be a member of gophnx.com. Well, not really, but you should do it anyway to read the many great works of my many talented peers, our peers here at gophnx, including Howard Balzer. Smash that promo code Howard when you sign up today. And guess what? If you sign up for a year membership, friends, you get a free T-shirt, a free T-shirt, fall free from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. You can get the Hollywood Hill sign on top Camelback Mountain. Limited quantities. Get it right now. You can also get the celebratory touchdown T-shirt. I've got both in route to me. Can't wait to sport them. If you see PHNX gear throughout the Valley, and of course you do. It's on, I'm watching Suns games. I'm seeing PHNX gear. I'm watching Coyotes games. There's gear everywhere. If you want to join our family here, check out gophnx.com, the PHNX merchandise locker. I love the confidence from our guys, Mikey Cardinal, saying this team will improve and believe in my Cardinals. You know, it's interesting. I mean, we talk about it, uh, DA, how close they were despite the issues as far as the turnovers, the penalties, the you know, the timeouts that they had to burn. They lose by eight points. You know, you look at how the, the the schedule that they opened up with. I mean, they, the undefeated Eagles, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, you've got, you know, the one-loss Vikings. I mean, it's been a pretty tough start for the Arizona Cardinals, and for them to sit at three and five – and an opportunity in this wide open division is absolutely insane. You would have said if this team was three and five at this point in the season, that their chances at the postseason are long gone. And that's not the case still. Uh, really going to be interesting to see what happens in the next 24 hours, Johnny. Do, does the team pull the trigger on a deal? Do they try to help that defense out? Vance has earned it. You know, I think we've seen enough. You know, given to this offense, yes. they should have enough there to compete. Yes. You know, can they can they get a deal done? or pass rush help, or somebody in the interior of that defensive line. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about it tomorrow. We're excited about the NFL trade deadline. You should be excited about our friends on Underdog Fantasy. You can search in the App Store, click on the link in the show notes, sign up with promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX. And guess what? Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. Uh, I uh, had some sweet, sweet winnings on Underdog Fantasy. Betting simply the over for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to do that. Bo Brock, Damian Anderson every week moving forward. In the meantime, go Suns, says Omar Lopez in the chat. Absolutely. Make some money uh, using Underdog Fantasy. All right, friends. Hope everybody has a happy and safe Halloween. Do us a quick favor. Give us a treat. Smash that like button on this video. Help share on the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Subscribe to the premier number one Arizona Cardinal podcast. That's the PHNX Cardinal podcast. We love you all. We will get through this. We will be better. We will be on standby, that being Bo Brock and myself. Should the Cardinals make a last-minute trade before the deadline tomorrow for multiverse Cliff Kingsbury, a.k.a. Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, peak Damian Anderson, handsome guy. I'm Johnny (laughs) Venerable. We're going to be back later this week. It's Seahawk week. It's divisional week. May the force be with you. Bye, everybody.